Hi, this is Avi Fischoff, and this recording is regarding twisted parenting, affectionately known as TP, which is an alternative approach that I personally developed over many years to guide families on how to deal with kids in crisis that are unfortunately in a situation of pikuach nefesh, grave danger. Following Divrei Chizukos from Rabbanachai Finkelman Shlita, the Meshkiach of Yeshiva Arachayim in Queens, Talmud Muvuk of Ramosha Wolfson Shlita, he sent people to me, and he came with the parents for the 13-hour training. And at group, this is the Divrei Chizuk that he gave to the parents. You, know, you open up a very, very raw wound that everyone who's here tonight, uh, you know, shares. That's why everyone's here. So much more mechazik. You can't, I can't answer questions. Only because the Shabbat knows the answers to all the questions. But you know, in Mizmor Shiliyama Shabbos, the song for every day has its song, has its Mizmor that the Levim sang in the base of Mikdash. So years ago, I heard from a Rebbe, Moshe Wolfson, so I sang that you would think that the song about Shabbos would speak about the malachas of Shabbos, what's also on Shabbos, not at all. It's, uh, it starts out, the purpose of Shabbos, the reason that we can't do malachas on Shabbos, is to free us, to be able to contemplate the world around us, and sing to Hashem, and ultimately, after we go through all the psukim, so we come to an understanding of lahagat ki Hashem. That Hashem is fear, and Hashem is straight. Suri, he's my protector. He doesn't make mistakes. I make mistakes. As a parent, as a Rebbe, I have to apologize to my children, I have to apologize to my Talmudim at times. Because as much as I may mean well, but I, I make mistakes. In, in meaning well, sometimes we do things that aren't good for our children, or aren't good for our Talmudim. And we, and we have to be correct enough to be able to say, I'm sorry. Baruch doesn't make mistakes. So I want to just touch on two things in this Mizmar, and then you, know, you can ask me more questions, but the, one of the first things it says is, When things are bright and light, like boiker, the morning, the sunrise, you see things clearly. When things are going well, you're making bar mitzvahs, you're making kadeshim, you're making weddings, and you have parnose. So it's, you know, it's very easy to thank HaKadosh Baruch for that. But when things are dark and we don't understand it, that's when Amunah comes to play. In America, they say here, seeing is believing. It's not true. It's not believing. If I see it, I see a tape recorder over here. I don't have to believe that it's here. I see it. Believing is that I can't see at all, but I believe. I cover my eyes by Shema. And I say, I can't see. It's dark. I don't understand what you're doing, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But I'm proclaiming, I know that you know what you're doing. And the same way a parent, I, I remember one of the starkest examples of this was in Shankadach, at one point I had pneumonia, I was in the Mount Sinai Hospital. And I had to go every, every afternoon for a lung x-ray. So there were, other people, there were other people waiting for x-rays at the same time. And one afternoon, ahead of me, on an operating table, was a teenage girl waiting for surgery on a, on a crushed leg. She'd been in some accident. And she was in terrible pain. And she was crying terribly. And her mother was on one side holding one hand and her father on the other side holding her other hand. And they were crying with her. Because like you said, we're in such pain for our child. But the mother was saying to her, I'm so sorry that you're in such pain, but you have to go through this because we want you to be able to walk correctly again. If you don't go through the surgery, you won't be able to walk. So when it's dark, we have a moon that we believe who knows exactly what he's doing. And the fact that we suffer with, and, and in the middle of this Mizmar, Sakhadish Baruch says, 
An empty person of Torah will not know. And a foolish person. will never understand the following. When you look at the world and you see it seems the evil people live it up. They grow like grass. Anybody who did gardening, you know, it's, when, you, when you want to plant a rose bush, you have to take a trowel and dig deep and, and, and work on putting it in and surround it with soil and water it and prune it and watch it not grass. Grass, you take a rake, you, you, you loosen the topsoil, you don't put seeds in the ground, you put it on top, a little bit of water, and you have grass. The Rishoyim have such an easy life, it seems. Kamayev they grow like grass. But yet, seeds are called Payali oven. Every evildoer blossoms. So, Devonel says, but I studied the world. And the Gemara Barakas, he asked this question that Rishoyim live it up and Siddiquim seem to suffer. So he says, because Lehisham Damadeya, the answer is in the Beast of Tehillim. Because they're not going to have a little the, uh, the smallest mitzvah is worth so much on this world that Hashem can't reward it on this world. So for good people, Hashem saves the, the reward for Elam Habo and any oinshim, any punishments are on this world because Gehenna is worse than anything on this world. But, but, you know, so that's all part of it. I, we all suffer together. So again, another post we say on Shabbos morning is Mishpat Hashem Emes, Hashem's judgments are true, Sadku Yachter, then he puts people together that, so that when something happens, each one is, is getting the kapara, the cleansing that the Neshama needs. He puts families together for that reason. I always tell to the Bachman Yeshiva, we're all in different families for reasons. I say, I don't even know what you're all going through. Unless you share it with me, I tell them, I don't know what you're going through. But it's not possible until Mashiach comes that everyone who's not going through something you know, that, that's not easy for you. But that's all part of it. You're in a family for a reason. You're in this yeshiva for a reason. HaKadosh Baruch Hu designs our lives and he puts us together. You know, it, it was in last week's parasha when the stoyim turned over. So Avram begged HaKadosh Baruch Hu so many tefillahs for stoyim not to be overturned. And Hashem said no. Light, who wasn't nearly the tzaddik of Avram Avinu, asked the Malach in a minute. He says, oh, I need a place to run. Could you say that that fifth city Mitzar for me so I could run there? And he says, yeah. Yeah, okay. And Mitzar lasts. It doesn't get turned over. And he doesn't even stay there. He runs up to a cave with his daughters and they have Amin and Moyov. He doesn't even stay there. So what happens to this city which was so full of sin? The other four cities were turned over. So the Zoyar says that in the parasha earlier, we found this city, Umelach Bela Hitzoya, one of the four kings. It says Bela was Tzoya, which is Mitzar. Bela means to be swallowed up. He says all the other four cities, the people were swallowed up. Not that the earth opened and swallowed them, but Hashem turned the earth over on them. Hashem brought these people back from this city that never was destroyed, Mitzar, to be the Adas Koirach, and they got swallowed up, Bela. It's just to show that HaKadosh Baruch has Cheshbonites. It's a very hard thing. But what I wanted to add is that, you know, it, it, it was very, very painful, you know, uh, what the Rebbe said. And, and it was a tremendous chizuk, I'm sure, to his cousin, a big chizuk, about the, you know, what, 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 uh, what the, 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 this, this child was not chayef for anything he did. He was not about Oinshin, but rather he brought kapara to everybody. And it's 100% true what he said. But those of us who are zoiche, that our children are alive, and we're working with them, and we're trying to, to do this wonderful <coughs> method that Rabavi over here has, has created and is teaching us, 
So we have to encourage our children that it's very hard, but you're going to make it. Because we see from Avram Avinu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't give us a test that we can't pass. With the tests, he gives us strength. Let's encourage them. It's hard. It might take a long time. Like, you know, you mentioned your, your uh, experience you're going through. You know, if your son would ever mention, you know, these children go through all kinds of thoughts. You know, he's, he said he's 30. You know, do you think I'll ever get married? <coughs> His siblings are married. So they come and make parties for him. Do you have to encourage him? Of course. There's nothing wrong with getting married at 36. Or even at 40. As long as you're ready. There's nothing wrong with it. Everybody's life is different. You know, there's, there's no, as long as you're you know, alive and well-based with Hashem, there's nothing wrong with it. But the, we, we, we have inner strength. We all have an inner strength. I'll just end with one other example of this. When I was a teenager, so one of my very dear friends, who had lost his mother when he was three, Rahman al when he was 16, his father passed away. Suddenly, very suddenly. And being close to him, I went to the shiva more than once. One day when I was there with him, and he just sat there with his siblings. I don't think any of them were married at that time yet. And he was just saying over and over again, it's not fair, it's not fair. He was crying, it's not fair. People have one parent. Not to have any parent, it's not fair. And our Rebbe walked in. He walked in. And, and the bucker told, told us to the Rebbe. It's not fair. It's not. So he said, you're 100% right. You know, like, again, he validated him. It's not fair. Like, you know, this pain, we don't understand the fairness. We don't understand it. It's very painful. We like to talk to how painful it is when we dive into him. It's very painful. I trust you, Akadosh Baruch I have a muna, but I, I, you really, did you, are you going to give me the strength to, to make it? I'm begging you to give me the strength to make it. So this is what Rebbe told him. I remember when I was sitting there. He said, we don't understand. I can't answer you. It looks so unfair. But one thing I'll tell you. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you this test, he gave you the strength. You can still be the Benitaira. You can still be successful. Excuse me. Successful in every way. Because if it's happening to you with any problems, the Abishta gives the strength. And to me today, the testimony to it is Baruch Hashem. Uh, it's, it's decades later. I mean, he's Baruch Hashem almost married off all his children. But he, he became both a major Talmud Chacham who gives serious shiurim, a big businessman, that when he built his house, the entire ground floor is just chesed rooms and bathrooms, you know, bedrooms. And they didn't make a kitchen or a dining room on that floor because his wife wants to serve the guests on, the main, on their main floor, one flight up. So there's a big kitchen, a large dining room, because she doesn't want them, she wants them all to eat by her, besides kind of her, the family. And then the next floor is bedrooms. You know, but he, both, both he's a cheer. And, and in other words, he had the strength. And of course, two of his children have his parents' names. You know, the, the one boy and one girl. But uh, so, Avada, the chizik that the Sachin Rebbe <coughs> gave this man is Emes Lamita. As he said, it's a Kabbalah from his rabbayin. And of course, it makes so much sense, Apitaira, that this boy was a carbon Sibur. He was given such suffering and he passed away. But those of us who are here, because Baruch Hashem, our children are alive, so we need to be encouraged that, yes, it's, we're all part of that pain, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu put us together for that reason. We don't understand it. When Mashiach comes, we'll, we'll have no questions. And maybe I should end with one other story, because there's a story, there's two volumes safer, called the Shifnei Sidrashu. It has both halacha and stories. 
It's a very beautiful sefer from the beginning, about 20 years ago in Eretz Yisrael. They bring a story from the Ramban about what the Rebbe said. He had a, a teenage student who was never had a terminal disease. And when he went to visit this student one day, the student said to him, Rebbe, how could I have a terminal disease? I'm not 20. There's no means to be there Shemayim under 20. How could I be dying? And the Ramban said, I don't know. I don't know. If chas for shalom, you don't make it. After you go to Shemayim, when you have everything in order, you know, with, with the, you know, the Bezen Shemayim, could you come to me in a dream and tell me? <laughs> if it has for shalom, if, you know, if it comes to it, I, I'd like you to come back to me. And he writes in the Sefer that this Talmud came one evening to the Ramban in his dream when he was sleeping. And he didn't say anything. So Ramban said, did you get an answer to your question? And the Talmud said, no. So how could that be? You're in Olam Ha'emes, in the world of truth. So the, the uh, Talmud said, Rebbe, when you come up here, you have no questions. You don't need the answers. And really, Rebbe wants to tell me if a story comes to mind, you should tell it. I'll just share one other story with you. In Chicago, <coughs> anybody have experience with the Vites in a row from Chicago? He was a war survivor who survived with one child, who today is at Robin Seagate in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. One child. His son's there, right? So I, I read the, his memoirs are in the Hakdamati Shalas and Truva Sefer, memoirs from the war. Yeah. So it's in, in, in that Hakdama, well, he tells many stories. One story he tells that he had a, a Talis Godel from the Zayd of the Yismach Moshe. And, and he knew that in the camps you can't wear anything under your uniform, so he cut it down and made a Talisgotam. And that he wore tight against his body in the concentration camp. He held it would be a Zgula for him. But one day in the work detail, he was 40 years old when the war was over. His son was 20 when the war was over. Anyhow, he was the, 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 the Goya Shekapo, who was in charge of them, noticed something underneath his shirt. He writes, and he ripped open the shirt. He grabbed and ripped open his shirt and saw something, black and white. And he said to him in, in, in German, what is this? So he writes, I answered, I'm Gottenskleid. It's a godly cloth. So he says, the guy went crazy. They couldn't take it that we held on to Hashem in the camps. If you read the stories, that was the most frustrating thing to them. He says, he threw him on the ground. He started to kick him. A few of his teeth fell out. And he was yelling, I'm Gottenskleid. I'm Gottenskleid. He says, your God hates you. Look what your God is doing to you. And you still wear a Gottenskleid? And then after a while, he picked him up by the torn shirt. And he said, if you can give me one good reason why you wear a Gottenskleid in this God-forsaken place, then maybe I'll let you live. He says, Ebrister was choining das. He gave him a good idea. And he said to him, Phoenix, that was his name, he writes. Phoenix, let me get, I'll explain to you why. Imagine you and I are shoemakers. And somebody comes to us with a problem that the inner lining of the shoe is wearing through. If we don't do something, the toe is going to come through soon. So we have to put a piece of leather in there. Where are we going to cut the leather from? The top of the shoe, we shave off some leather and make it ugly, or underneath between the heel and the sole, where nobody will see it. So he said from the heel and the sole, he's right. We'll turn the shoe over, take off where nobody will see, we'll glue it inside, we fix the shoe. Change the scene, he said. We're now in an operating theater. They're giving us a tour of a hospital, he tells Phoenix. There was blood, bleeding mouth, you can imagine. He says, and lying on the table is a beautiful, handsome, young soldier a beautiful body, and the doctor is cutting his chest. So we yell at him, stop, doctor, what are you doing? 
His chest, people could see that part of his body. It's a visible part. You make a big scar, cut the bottom of his foot, and then you do the surgery. No one's going to see the bottom of his foot. How could you cut his chest? He says, Phoenix, they'll throw us out. They're going to tell us shoemakers. What do you know about surgery? How could you tell us to get out of his foot? Get out of here. He says, we, Yidin, believe in HaKadosh Baruch We believe he's the master surgeon. And we put our life in his hands. And right now he's doing surgery on the most beautiful part of the world, his children. And even though we don't understand it, we don't tell him what to do. And we will always wear the godly clothes no matter what. We trust him. And we, and, and we put our life in his hands. He said, uh, he told him two other things. He says, he told him that my, my grandfather, whose clothing I'm wearing, writes in his book that there's an answer for everything, but it's not on this world. And I don't think you or I want to get the answers yet. I think we both want to live. He said, and thirdly, he said, and also you're very devoted to the Nazis. He was a Cossack, he wasn't a Nazi himself. He says, I want you to know that when they finish with us, they're going to do the same thing to you. They don't want anybody but Aryans in this world. Don't be so devoted to that. And he says that Phoenix took him to a first aid station and you know, worked with him, and then he fed him. He took care of him till the liberation. Phoenix took care of him. But the point was his marshal. You know, Phoenix took it, he accepted it. So with all the pain, we need chizuk. That's what we come here for. We need chizuk. But we also have to know that we have to find the strength, like you're finding. I mean, when we hear this story, these two people are telling over Obviously, you're finding tremendous strength to do this method and to bring the children back. But I hope you should all be zoicha, that they should all be well, and you should each fear the child through the chuppah. And I, I've seen it with, with my Talmudian. I'm telling you, one of the varts with one of these children who was uh, away, away from the Yiddish guy for six full years and doing everything, like you mentioned here, everything. <coughs> so I'm by, by, by his vart. I kept telling the mother she would call me and, and cry. I said, cry. Tell me whatever you have to, call as often as you have to, but love him. But take care of him, you know, whatever you do. He drove away on Shabbos in front of all the neighbors. I was so embarrassed. I said, I'm sure, I'm sure it's hard for you. Hold on. He'll, he'll come back. So by his vart, which was a very, from a vart, they had two different rooms for the men and women. She came into the men. She walked over to me just to say to me, I think on that, am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? <laughs> I said, I have the same question. I think I'm dreaming too. I'm not sure. But Baruch Hashem, they have a beautiful intercourse today from that, from that union. And he invited me, even though he moved away, but when he was honored by his shul, for his activity in his shul, he called me to come to the dinner. You know, so I really hope you'll all meet Hashem, see a lot of nachas, you just need the chizuk. Why would you answer if the kid says, oh, I know you're just loving me because um, I've Underneath it all, you want me to be from. You're doing it because you want to see me from. The way you binge still in a snake, they're going to be from. They sense that. And then they ask, like if the kid will say, You're just showing me all this love. So we were discussing earlier that children, the truth is that humans, not just children, we, about each other, every human, we feel the truth about each other. We know who's our real friend and who's not. We know who's honest and who's not. We really know. And, and uh, so we have to work on ourselves really enough. I was telling a story to, to Rabbi Avi earlier from Rabbi Segal of Manchester, where he indicated in the story how much we feel the truth within each other's hearts. 
So what we have to do as parents, honestly, is think and think and think and work on ourselves until we can say honestly, no, I love you no matter what. We have to work on ourselves to really feel that way. All the way. But then he'll feel it. Ultimately, he's going to feel it. You're going to see. Ultimately, he's going to feel it. Saying when honest, you feel it, then he could feel he it. Will. He will. Feel it. it just comes through. Honest feelings come through. We have to work on ourselves. This is Avi Fischoff, and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL.com.